0: And welcome to another edition of Range Cookland. <laughs> I'm here with uh Arab Anit and Arab Johnny Solomon to talk about modern orthodoxy, religious Zionism, and a lot in between this week. So we're gonna talk about two topics, and I guess in a sense of irony, we're gonna talk about what we're not gonna talk about first, and then we are gonna talk about what we are gonna talk about second. What we're not gonna talk about, at least at great length, is the annexation, the annexation of huge swaths of Yudan, Shomron of Judean, Samaria. How much? 30%, 70%, nobody really knows. And the reason we're not going to talk about it is because, interestingly, while there are these huge uh, supplements in what Corby's shown about Sipuach and do it right and don't do it right, people, uh, my experience has been, and we've talked about it amongst ourselves, people have not really been talking about annexation at all. It's not a topic of conversation. It is on the news, is what talk show hosts talk about. But we don't really have much to say. We don't have much to talk about. So what what we wanted to discuss first ever so briefly is, why is it something that we're not talking about? Why is it not a topic of conversation? The second topic we're going to talk about is monuments and history and, and statues and Teddy Roosevelt, and we all got really worked up about it. But when we were having our conversations leading up to this discussion, Johnny was so correctly said, like, not that I don't care, but shouldn't we talk about something much more relevant for the Jewish community, it is on the Jewish community in general. Like, are we going to be uh, to annex you know Gushetziyo where Mali lives and what about Malayo do And we got the in the Jordan Valley. But somehow that's less motivating to us than whether they pull down a statue or vandalize Winston Churchill. So Johnny, I'd like to start with you and and, and I'm gonna throw it right back in your face. Why aren't we talking about annexation in your mind? I own, I'm gonna have my own opinion, but why why do you think that we're more motivated by the the Facebook uh, posts about destroying history, and less motivated, in fact, by our own by our own uh, history as it unfolds in front of us.
1: Okay, so it's, it's a great question. And Truth be told, I don't it's have a crystal clear <laughs> answer. Well, it, my question, it, yeah, I suppose so. Um, as you know, and as I think all of our listeners know. Uh, right now we're recording. It's the uh, 23rd of June. It's uh, just been Rosh Chodesh uh, Tammuz, and as of now, there's considerable uncertainty as to what this plan looks like. Lots of different uh, permutations, possibilities. Nobody's quite sure what's going to happen in pretty much a week's time and its implications. Some talk about the possibility of retaliation. Of course, therefore, well, there's an air of nervousness and agitation for for most Israelis. So even though there may well be a possible gain for some that shouldn't be ignored. Um, beyond this, uh, at least in terms of the practical, uh, many people would say there isn't going to be e- any evident practical shift. People who are living where they're living and it continue to live. It may well be, though, that certain things that they do are easy, more easily done because this will now be under, shall we say, regular state law, than necessarily slightly more complex law in general. Uh, I know that we have, I don't know if I've actually mentioned it to you before, but we have an adopted lone soldier. She's not a biological daughter of mine, but she lives here in Israel, and and we've taken her under our wings. I know for the last couple of months, she and her unit have been working very, very hard in training in terms of considering what annexation is going to look like and what their responsibilities are going to be like. So I can tell you, in the army right now, this is something that's been very, very present in the minds of... Of uh, of leaders and of course of soldiers.
0: But so you think that so John, perhaps
1: because of all this uncertainty, do you think that the you um, think
0: that so it, because there really is no practical difference. Is that what you're saying? That you don't think? Meaning, yeah, I mean, it's ideologically it's important, but practically it's not. Is that why we don't talk about it? Or the uncertainty? more? So I think
1: the 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 the, the not evident practical difference from the average person is perhaps why it's not gripping people so much. Secondly, because this proposition didn't initiate from us this isn't our plan this is a trump plan which uh bb seems to be very happy to at least initiate again to what extent as to why uh is an interesting question but as a result there's a subtle lack of ownership and clarity and cost gain ratio which means that although on paper some people may be very thrilled and some people may not be very thrilled there's still a a, a significant amount of confusion. Um, Nevertheless, I do know as a within the UK, there's lots of questions being asked as to how do we support Israel if this annexation happens? At least, of course, that's coming from the left. Um, And finally, I suppose, um, I talked about question marks and and ownership of a plan. Um, uh, There is this shifted... Attitude towards land from within the religious Zionist community. We know full well that 30, 40 years ago, land was the central headline topic. And for a variety of reasons, uh, most of which have been covered in previous conversations, have uh, been uh, disengagement, land has shifted in the order of absolute priorities. It's right there at the top of the list, but not first on the list. Uh, and perhaps the whole question of Gaining control over land, but not necessarily gaining anything more, is viewed differently now as it would have been uh, 34 years ago. My feeling is, if we were living some decades ago, the only thing we would have been talking about is this. The very fact that we're not only talking about this speaks volumes about how they've been shifting priorities in the mindset of the religious Zionist world. Fascinating.
0: I hadn't even thought about that. Molly, this makes me think of, there's a very famous machlok in the Gemara about if a kedusha taret, the sanctity of the land, is it do we say kedusha leshatav, kedusha lelatilavah, kedusha lelatilavah? And so in the end, we're posking that the kedusha Rishonah, the kibush of Yoshua ben Nun, right? That was a temporary kedusha, whereas the kedusha of of Aliyah by chaining, that Kedushah that, that we're posking was kedusha leshatav, kedusha lelatilavah, that it was a permanent kedusha. And in my mind, I always categorized that uh, as like in Yoshua's time, it was, quote unquote, conquered. I have my hands up, quoting, unquoting. But we didn't control the land. Meaning facts on the ground, as we know, they're what established reality. And, and annexation or not annexation, you could argue it's just, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a legal creation and it has some kind of legal effects of the people living there. But it doesn't change anything. More people aren't going to live there, or more people, less people aren't going to live there. So you're among the three of us. I live in Yabin and John lives in Eben Shmuel. You live in Gersh It'll affect you much more than it'll affect either of us, at least externally. Are they talking about it there? What right. are they saying about it in Gersh
2: So they don't seem to be talking about it here, or at least I'm not hearing them talk about it, which is maybe not the same thing, um, I, I do wonder if, uh, I, I do agree with Johnny. I think a lot of his assessment is correct. I think a, what, part of the reason that people aren't talking about it is because they're very confused. Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Um, I think that it's not clear. You know, when you hear Bibi speak about it, it's like, oh, this is the best thing ever. We're just going to annex land unilaterally, um, which it, it is good. And Ruby, just to kind of sneak in my answer to your question, I do think it de facto makes a difference. Um, I think you know facts on the ground are facts on the ground, and uh, you know, like, um, like it or not, when you know, y- even though, like the well. Well, s- simply saying, same. let me ask you this: Practically okay. speaking, in Gush
0: theoretically, once the land is "quote unquote" Israeli land, they can build as much as they want. Yeah. Do you For- think they will do that, or you think it'll just be political? I don't know. Like, oh my god! I don't know. I don't know. Tell- I don't
2: know. So, so again, so I don't know. I, I just know that, like. You know, we do feel it. We feel it in ways when like, you know, there's no delivery to you because you're over the green line or, you know, um, uh, you, you know, you
0: think all of a sudden there'll be delivered to
2: you now? That I, I mean, we'll be, it, 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 it'll change your status. And also, I think I, I do think that it, there it, like that's what I was kind of struggling with. Like on the one I'm thinking about, say, the Golan Heights, which we de facto annexed or, you know, parts of Jerusalem, like even Gilo. Right. Things that we did as facts on the ground. Somehow that it does make a difference in the consciousness consciousness of certainly of Israelis of how they view those places. Um, if maybe not the world, right? Because there's still people who are questioning our validity even of the goal. I remember when you know the Golan Heights certainly, but I even remember when like you know Obama referred to Gilo as occupied territory, and that kind of shook up Israelis. So like you know, but at the same time, there's still a difference in the feel I think for most of the world between even the Golan Heights. Um, you know, at whatever you want to call Greater Jerusalem than Gush Etzion or other parts of um, hudav Shomron, even though I've been, always felt for years, wait, don't, doesn't everybody realize that Yehudavah that, that Gush Etzion has its own status because we had it in 48, we bought it legally, we lost it, It's, but it's not really... No, they don't know. They don't they know. So, but I think that really matters because if we do want to, um, you know, as Johnny said, I think it, it, it was a very unfortunate divide in the Israeli population's consciousness, like, it's true that, like, the, 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 world was very, the religious Zionist world was the land, 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 and I think that was seen with a lot of resentment by many secular Jews, and I think that that has shifted. I think both parties have shifted closer to each other. I think that the, um, Religious world has started to realize that you, you know, as I think I've said before on this podcast, you can't say follow me to the hilltop and then forget to turn around to see that nobody's following you, which was kind of what happened. Um, and and, and it's, but I think that like the, there has been a greater sense of, um, I think, with with the amount of intifadas that we've had and what we've seen coming out of the Gaza Strip, people realize that it's not, you know. If we just gave them a state, it's all our fault for, you know, I don't think most Israelis think that it's the occupation that's the problem, um, and that if we annex territory, that, you know, that's a problem. It's more, it's, so I think the country has come to a greater consensus, and I think that's positive. Um, but I think
0: that... Oh, it's interesting, we're not even talking about the fact that, that this idea of annexation is on the table. When I first moved here, you know what do they call that? Like the Overton window? It wasn't even in the discussion. Right. It wasn't even a theoretical discussion. Correct. So the very fact Correct. that this yes or no, it right. reflects an incredible which is again, which is
2: again that's, the, that's the good news, bad news that people are really worried about. It's like, if this, is, if this could work, it could be one of the best things ever. Like, we could annex certain parts of Israel that Israelis very much practically view as de facto parts of Israel, such as um, the Jordan Valley, such as Gush Etzion, um, I don't know we're all today. Thinking of the next thing, I don't even know. Um, right, but
0: but. Maladumi was on the way. Right,
2: which is right. Maladumi. Right, that's also that's part of the bika, right? It's on the way to the bika. Um, no, maybe not. Oh, well, whatever. No,
0: a, no. It's not, it's, a, it's Greater it's Jerusalem like, environment correct, and all that.
2: Correct. But but the, but, but it's like, on the, it's like you hear that from you know Ron Dermer kind of thing, which is people feel like, well, that's Bibi's mouthpiece, and then you hear Jared Kushner on CNN kind of saying things that sound much more like well the parts that they'll annex that'll be theirs and the parts that they won't and it's like yeah is that gonna be Palestinian state is that gonna be autonomy like by claiming this what are we saying about the stuff that's outside and nobody really knows I think Johnny's right nobody really knows what's the plan like is this really an amazing opportunity that we should be grabbing with both hands or is this actually a um, almost like a, a trap? that will fall into and sign on a dotted line, not really sure what we actually were buying. And I think that's, and, and, and I think we haven't been getting a very clear message about that from our leaders. We're, you know, BB will say X, and then somebody else will, will analyze it as Y, and people aren't really sure what exactly this is. And I think that's a reason, one of the reasons for the silence. I, I think Johnny was right in, in other things he said also. I think social media, and this is kind of our second topic, if you don't want to get into it, I won't necessarily. Do you want me to wait?
0: Where you're gonna say? I don't know. I'll oh, tell totally you can tell me whether
2: you. I think that it, Johnny's also right that like that um, we are very much uh, led, you know, of what it's called the, the tail wagging the dog. We're very much led now in the world by what social media decides are the issues of the day. Um, and, and and until now, I think, and this, this is something I'd be interested in hearing, especially Johnny, who does this analysis of social media, but you know, I'd like to hear both of your opinions. Until now, I think there's been very much of a sense that, like, all the noise on social media is just a lot of noise, and it's not really reflective of um, objective reality, right? Like, there was, there was a study that, like, um, 80% of people don't think that, like, PC culture has gone too far. Or, like, I'm guessing that... And now
0: you're getting a little far. Let's, stay, let's, stay, uh, right, no, let's say... Wait, no, but I want to just say one
2: thing. I Let me just finish the point, right? 60-plus yeah. uh, percent of people think there are only two genders, right? And most people said, okay, so people make a lot of noise on Twitter and whatever. But what we're now seeing is those people are actually affecting policy very, very quickly, certainly in the States. And so I think that's actually frightening. So this question of like, how do we relate to the fact that we we, we let them light fires for us on social media and we all respond, whereas in the past I would have said we need to step back, take a perspective, recognize that it's a lot of smoke and mirrors and it's just a lot of nonsense on social media and, and all step back into our real lives, but I'm starting to get increasingly concerned about the fact that whether we like it or not, the agenda is being set, and it's actually affecting.
0: Wait, are we? Are we still talking about annexation, or are we stop? So about- no, no.
2: Now I'm saying, you know, John.
0: Come back. Come back to annexation. We'll switch in a second. We'll come back to right, annexation. Right,
1: but it's co- so, yeah. So, yeah. I, no, I, I was gonna. I was gonna add that. You know, we have this strange phenomenon of, of a plan that, as as Mali said, so, most people don't fully understand its implications. Uh, And and also, we're not entirely sure to what extent it's going to be played out and what's necessarily a time frame. Let's be clear that this plan came from the White House. And many people don't quite uh, either don't like Donald Trump or don't trust Donald Trump or certainly don't see him as being a a thoughtful kind of uh, geopolitical negotiator in terms of complex areas such as this. So it already comes from a very strange place, from a very uh, unusual leader that many people have major issues with. Uh, you know, who's running it here, Bibi? We know that uh, a lot of people are incredibly loyal to Bibi, but a number of people have basically said, you know, he gives the time has come and we have certain, t- not certain claims and agitations against him. But precisely because... This aspiration of a, of a two-state solution and things are going to work out, it just hasn't happened. There is in a lot of people's backs of the mind, even those who don't like Trump and don't like BB, right? And who are very sympathetic to the notion of two-state solution, they kind of have this voice in their head saying, but who, maybe I'm the one who's kidding themselves. So they don't really want to say the trump BB deal has some validity because that goes against the grain. But they're not necessarily so absolute in committing themselves to two-state solution because we know, we well know that for many decades, mm-hmm. this hasn't happened. So I'm not an expert enough to talk about why that is or why that is not. So you're stuck between a reality that you don't want to accept and a reality that, you know, it hasn't properly happened. <laughs> and so I suppose we're all like, you know, as you say, it's like a wait and see thing. Nobody quite right. knows uh, either i'm going to prove myself to be entirely right or entirely wrong and if things don't quite go to plan i'll blame somebody else it's it's
0: a little crazy that in theory in in a week the government is going to take a an incredibly huge decision yeah. without a really informing the public about what the ramifications are and b probably because they don't actually know what the ramifications right. are
2: yeah let's uh, let's do it whatever we'll see what happens so can i just say something <laughs> almost the opposite of johnny which is so interesting because let's say you're coming from the perspective where you, where you actually think Trump is much smarter than people think he is, and you think a lot of people are underestimating him, and you're like, no, no, Trump knows what he's doing, and Jared Kushner knows what he's doing, and Friedman knows what's going on over there, and maybe that's why Friedman resigned, because he, he didn't, and you're like, so what really is this deal? And let's say you're coming from the opposite perspective, where you're like, I don't want a two-state solution, right? You're like, I want an autonomy, maybe, and you're like, so we all know that what, what Bibi is banking on is that a two-state solution is not realistic uh, because all kinds of reasons on the other side. But just what if it actually does happen, right? It's almost the opposite perspective of Johnny's, right? People are key, right. pro
0: even Trump, and,
2: and they're like the opposite. They're like... I wanna believe this is awesome, but what if it ends up being not awesome and what if I end up with a two state with a Palestinian state? I, I don't
0: well, I think nobody I don't knows think who's, who's bluffing awesome. here. This is a really I don't think it's question. a matter of not being awesome or being aw- about like, it's not I a what I mean. of whether I they, they no, I don't even mean that. I mean I don't think it's a question of whether they agree or disagree. I mean what we would have to do ourselves would create a de facto
2: state. Right, but nobody knows. They don't have to anything. Is that a de facto state? Is that a de facto autonomous zone? Is that de facto we don't know yet and we'll wait and see? Nobody knows. And so Johnny's right. Like, people on every place on the spectrum are confused about whether they should be supporting this or not.
0: That's what our politicians like. Okay, we're going to move on to our, we'll go back to our I think we've exhausted this. It's not necessarily religious Zionists per se, but it's it's a fascinating thing that, that you know, people are issuing, I'm for it, I'm against it, whereas I get the sense that nobody has any, here in Israel, people don't have positions because they don't really know what it means. They have right. no idea what the ramifications are, which is shocking and disturbing more than anything else, I think. Anyhow, let's move on to our second discussion. Our second discussion, uh, I want to talk about it specifically from a Jewish perspective. I'm going to frame the discussion before Mali attacks me. And uh, <laughs>
2: attack you. I learned. I learned that I have to be very careful, because if not, I get. I, I'm called all kinds of horrible things. And
0: oh, uh, uh, just wait, just wait. You, you, the attack is coming. Anyhow, uh, there have been. There's obviously. Uh, if you've been following social media, and some of us have, uh, <laughs> one of the hot button issues that has not even social media, media in general, is the idea of how the the world, the United States, but even the world, address monuments to people who have taken questionable positions. And there's a huge spectrum in the United States of issues regarding this, uh, of this issue. There are the one hand of, there are are statues of Confederate generals in the South that are problematic. I would say, okay, I'll call that the, you know, on a scale of one to 10, two, easy, okay? Then you have the middle ground, which I would say are Theodore Roosevelt. Kenny Roosevelt's a wonderful person, but in the Museum of Natural History, he is, it obviously, he's next to an African-American and an Indian, uh, I'm sorry, the Native American, I'm not allowed to say Indian anymore, and, um, and, uh, and it, it's, it, I, I see this subjugation, we'll call that a five to six, okay? And then, of course, we have the people that are in favor of removing the Washington Monument because George Washington had slaves, we'll call that a nine-ten. So you have this whole spectrum of, of should, we remove, should we remove historical monuments that are, not only, we'll, we'll, we'll just leave it right now that, are, that people find deeply offensive and disturbing and troubling. I want to discuss it not in, in those terms, but we might have to come back to it. But instead, I want to talk about the, the crucifix on the Charles Bridge in Prague. When, we, when, when Rina and I, five years ago, we went to Prague, beautiful city, amazing time. It was really incredible. There's a kosher, uh, there's a kosher hotel there. So when they reopen, highly recommended. You get breakfast, you walk around all day. It's amazing. Um, you got to the Charles Bridge, a very famous bridge. There's all these incredible statues on Charles Bridge. And if you've ever been there, there is in the smack in the middle a huge crucifix, quite a large crucifix, which is not a problem of itself, except for the fact that in gold letters around the crucifix are the words, Kadosh, 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 Shem Tzikvot, Welocha, okay? and, and anyone who looks on Wikipedia, you can Wikipedia it yourself. The story is told that the Jews, the Jewish community of Prague, was forced to construct these words, kadosh, 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 around the crucifix, it literally is the taking of the taking of the m- most holy words and and demanding, the requiring, obligating, forcing the Jews to use their holy words in order to sanctify in a way Christianity's most sacred symbol. It is a living, breathing symbol of not just anti-Semitism, of persecution. I would just say that myself, when I walked around Prague, as beautiful of a city as it was, like I have this experience everywhere in Europe, it's just a cemetery of Jewish communities built upon Jewish communities. You walk into the cemetery, and you walk into the old cemetery in Prague, and there's layer, they tell you, layer upon layer upon layer of Jews, of Jewish, Jewish graves. I think the same thing is true of the entire city. It's just a whole, a whole litany of Jewish history of persecution, layer upon layer upon layer. And this is just one example. I personally, I'm going a little long, I apologize. I personally found this Highly offensive. I find it highly disturbing. I was not the only one. Apparently, a Jewish conservative rabbi wrote to the mayor of Prague in 2000 and whatever, the early 2000s, and said, this is so offensive. And the, and the mayor said, you're right. And they put up a plaque in Hebrew, a plaque in English, and a plaque in Czech, explaining what this plaque was all about. And of course, somebody has, I, I showed pictures, I sent it to Mali and Johnny, somebody has vandalized the plaques and removed the English and the uh, Czech one, and all you have now is a Hebrew plaque. I don't know if if that's there anymore. Probably the only reason it's still there is because only the Jews can read it, only Israelis can read it and know what this thing is. Molly, I am offended by that plaque. I by by that statue. Not because of what it was, but because of what it is and because of what it says and because people can walk by that and not be offended by it. And for that reason, I feel that a sensitive Czech public should want to take it down themselves because they realize how offensive it is and how insulting it is. So therefore, I am not in favor of taking down the Washington Monument, I'm not in favor of closing the Jefferson Memorial, but I do feel that in instances where there are monuments that are offensive to people today, I see no reason why those things should should, should continue to be offensive. I think that the citizens of that community should understand and they undone themselves like the Roosevelt thing, nobody demanded it, they themselves should understand, maybe put it in a museum, maybe understand, but they themselves should want to remove those symbols uh, because of their offensive nature. There's no such thing as that. Something that's so sacred that it has to remain in in the face of deep offensiveness. That's my argument. Go.
2: I completely disagree with you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I think. Um, Where do I start? Um, I... First of all, I like how you, you, you know, you did that zero to 10 thing, because I, before we even have this conversation, I want to make this comment, which before you were like, well, what are you talking about? You know, where are you roaming to? But I'm going to say it because I, I feel like it's really important and it needs to be said. And I'm seeing it more and more. And I don't think people are aware of it, which is, you know, when you talk with the zero to 10, even before we talk about. Um, let me put it this way. I don't know how to put this. People often say, well, what about the slippery slope? If we take down this, and they're going to take down that. And then they prove it to you by the fact that, like, you know, they started with, uh, you know, I don't know, who did they start with? Uh, Lee and, and, and whatever, and now they've moved to, like, you know, Grant and Cervantes and, you know, um, I forgot who else. I have a list of, like, you know, if they're taking everybody down, you know, Washington and Jefferson. And, but it's not just the slippery slope that concerns me. What concerns me, and this is what I was kind of alluding to before, is that actually, I think that, that, that there are two conversations going on. One is a conversation between people of good faith, like you and me, Ruby, where we can have a very um, helpful, educated discussion that can help us figure out what should we do. And we can distinguish between um, what should be done with conservative with, with with Confederate soldiers in the south, what should be done about this plaque in, you know, this uh this this statue in Prague. Um, and, and we could even disagree but come maybe to some kind of conclusion about what should be done in Roosevelt and so we come to a consensus that we're going to leave up Jefferson and Washington. But I think that what's actually happening now, and I would say in the States, but it's not just in the States, it's actually all over the world, is that we're – and, and you're, I, I, I might sound a little bit insane, but mark my words, I'm not going to sound insane in the future because I think that I'm seeing this more and more. This has been a slowly growing movement that I've been watching um, I think we've seen it explode in the past week or two, and it's it's just I, I don't want to keep silence about it anymore. There is a battle, I think, a cultural battle, and it's not about Confederate soldiers. It's about freedom of speech, silencing dissent, imposing um, one perspective, the right perspective, on the majority, silencing and shaming people who feel different, and pe- and, and and making it very difficult. Um, for people who to, to speak out against a certain perspective, and um, and it leads into into it creates mobs, and those mobs and bo- both online and also now we're seeing in life, um, and that's very a very very dangerous path to go through down. Now I know you probably don't want to discuss that on this particular podcast, but I feel the need to say it because I really think it's true. Um, and so like I'm okay, that
0: that being said, made that, that could statement be very true. But, my, my, but I feel when you say that. So therefore, I'm not going to have that discussion. Anymore. Right. So that therefore, just, I will have. Right. No, no, that great just, that just great plays point. into. maybe okay. The way you play into that is by saying, well, you right. want to take oh. everything down. Okay. So therefore, I'm not going to take is anything down. That's a great down. excellent so, point. Which so, is, so therefore, I want to have this discussion because right. I want to say there are some times when I think the point is. Mm-hmm. is, is, is I don't agree with mobs. I don't want left-wing mobs. I don't want right-wing mobs. That's why we have this podcast, to have discussions. Right. To talk about so therefore, like all of the I think the right wing media that's saying, anybody who touches history, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, 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 that that's just a that's a left that's a right wing mob. How right. dare you touch anything? Okay. You now don't you understand the beauty of the Confederacy? No, I don't. <laughs> yes. Well you know what okay. I'm
2: well we okay, so I wanna have that discussion but i want to say there too that i want to hold both things meaning you're absolutely 100% right and i think that something we can do and i agree with you i think that's why we do this podcast is to demonstrate that you can have civil conversation about issues and and have nuanced arguments and we need to inject nuance into conversations just like just like you're saying it, it would be ridiculous for me to be like oh it's that's just western civilization so there's nothing to talk about we have to talk about it we should talk about it. and i can be convinced by you, and perhaps you could be convinced by me, and perhaps we could come to some type of a consensus or agreement, and that should happen. At the same time, there's there's a very delicate line where that we have to be aware of, which is, um, and I'm going to quote, this is, um, I'm quoting Jordan Peterson now. I'm outing myself as a Jordan Peterson fan. I'm going to get hate mail that I'm a right-wing, alt, you know fascist, but okay. Jordan Peterson on this issue says, when you're engaging with people who disagree with you, right, you have to watch out for what he, there's a line, I think it's probably from the New Testament, or the, whatever you want to call it, right, don't cast, per, don't cast your pearls before the swine, right, meaning Sometimes you get to a point where you're trying to engage in good faith with people, they're not people of good faith. And when you realize that, you realize that there's not only a law of diminishing returns, but that you're losing a battle. And when you identify that what's actually happening is that you're talking to a person who is um, completely convinced of their position, they are ideologically possessed, they are, let's say, that mob. And no matter what you say, they're not going to agree with you. If you To those people, if you apologize and you try to be reasonable, what's going to end up is you're going to get steamrolled and you're going to get destroyed. And you have to learn how to stand up to the mob. And so the line between let's have a, uh, a civil conversation and try to come to a good-reasoned policy and you know what? What I'm seeing here is is a dangerous movement and... Any sign of weakness on my part is 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 not going to be taken. Any apology, any any concession that I see truth is not going to be taken in good faith. And there's going to be a good back and forth, and we'll be able to come to greater agreement. But what's going to happen is they're just going to roll right past me and push for more and more. When you see that that's what's happening, you do have to stand up and call and call it.
0: Yes. I, I think you're just not listening. I think you're doing. The no, exact so thing I'm saying let's have you. the
2: conversation. So now I'm willing to say to you, what do I think about history and why I don't think we should take down the.
0: Let's go to Johnny. We we're done. to is. I know, but before I can, Johnny's... I'm start. sorry. But okay, can I answer Johnny, that I'm, question
2: because I
1: do want to stop there after, I,
0: after Johnny. You can you you refuse to answer the question. You took it another way. So now you have to wait. No, no, no. I'm going to talk. I want
2: to answer the question.
0: Johnny, will you yield your time? Johnny, will you yield my time? I'm with pressure. So you yield my time. I'm
2: sorry, I just have to because I don't want to be accused of, you know, I, I filibustered. That's not what I meant to do at all. Uh, I, I, I don't believe we should take down the thing in Prague. Why not? Because I understand that there's a difference between statues and, and you know, uh, museums. I hear even the argument maybe, right? I'm cutting ahead because there's so much to say, right? But like, I don't believe we should erase history. I believe we should see history. I believe we should know history. I believe that our approach to history should be aware of the good and the bad, um, see the complexity. Uh, I think we, we should and be, uh, should be able to hold that and recognize that and see that, right? Now, the next argument to that is, okay, that's great. So let's not destroy it. Let's move it into a museum, right? I don't even want to do that. I do want to put up a plaque, right? Um, but I don't want to move it into a museum. Why not? Because I think history tells its story best when it stands where it is so we can see it most accurately. And I also think, right, Ruby, you're saying to me, it offends me now that this is how they feel, right? So what I'm saying is, that's even more why I want to see it. Because I'd rather, like, if I had the choice between being offended, right, oh, I'm offended, or saying, well, maybe that hurts my feelings, but I'm strong enough to take it, and I'd rather... Um, kind of keep my eyes open, be wise and smart and look at reality and not hide from it because it perhaps offends me, I think that's actually smarter. Because I'd like to know what the Czechs think. I'd like to know what the, what the English think. I want to know what all these people think. I want to know what's going on in America. I want to know just exactly how strong those the anti-Semites are. I want to know. I want to see it. I don't want to hide them underground. And so I, I, I don't think we do anybody any service when we... Whitewash history. Now, again, I do believe that we should put up plaques. I do believe that um, because I do think we should put things into context as our perspective grows, as our perception grows. We should, we should, we should be doing that. But absolutely, I, I think that when you start dismantling, the two dangers are when you start dismantling history. Um, I think you erase knowledge of history, which I think is really dangerous. I think you erase an ability to have a nuanced view of history and understand that there's good and bad. You take that away. And I think you end up deluding yourself, putting your head in the sand and not seeing what's actually going on.
0: Johnny, please, now. The gentleman is... Uh, um,
1: yeah. you, you, well, you've spoken about a number of things. Um, so, uh, Please, I'm just going to say, please stay with the history thing. I, I don't want to get into the mob
0: Jordan Peterson thing. I really want to stay away from
1: that. And I'm not, I'm not going to get into Jordan Peterson. Uh, let, let's begin with point number one. I, I often find that, unfortunately, as we know, there are often mass shootings and straight away when there's a mass shooting, uh, everybody has a position about guns. My general posit- point is, if you really care, you wouldn't just be talking about guns when people get killed by guns. You should be aware that this is a perpetual problem that needs to be addressed, ideally before uh, more innocent people are killed. And, and I say that both in respect to weapons, but also in respect to race and also in respect to these monuments. So here's an interesting question. I, I Of course, I don't think that every monument that exists necessarily is good or is bad. I'm sure there are some which represent either personalities or histories that shouldn't be revered. Uh, and there are probably some that should be studied and discussed. I'd be curious as to consider looking at all the monuments that are currently being pulled down and ask how many petitions have previously been written against these monuments in the last 20 years. Meaning, before this explosion of, of frustration, rage, and, and, and absolutely justified uh, desire for justice and a rebalance and re, re, uh, a better understanding of, of race relations and individual rights in the United States and elsewhere, I'd like to know which of these monuments bothered you six months ago that you, did you or anybody else wished to do something, make an online petition. Right, And by the way, some may well be, actually this monument bothered us for years, and I'd say, great, that's where local council needs to address the will of the people with an offensive object which people have expressed absolutely validly, and there should be a conversation, a conversation should go like this, you know, who is this person, uh, would your life be better or worse with this person not to be, uh, not to have existed, not to be celebrated, uh, and there should be a diyun and then local councils can make decisions which they feel are reflective of the needs and the rights of the collective in their neighbourhood. What I feel is uh, there's been a groundswell of, of upset and aggression, and some of these monuments aren't part of this landscape, and they are an expression of rage on them, but they aren't icker and haraya, what's the proof? That for the last 15, 20 years, very, very few people said anything, about how this monument affects them or erodes them or or challenges their very, very being. So I think it it does need to be taken on a case-by-case basis. Broadly speaking, I agree we shouldn't wish to whitewash history. I think we need to educate people. I think we have to have conversations. However, there could well be places, and I remember you said there are places which... Get to the kishkas. There, there can be emblems. You know, if a swastika was put up. God forbid, you know, in, in a Jewish neighborhood. I want it down. And please don't tell me that it's part of history. No one should look at it. We'll make a nice plaque and say, forget about it. There no, are certain things. That you tell you. I will. If a swastika
2: was there from 1940, somebody puts it up now. That's not called putting up a monument. That's why not. Uh,
1: Molly, Molly, Then that's you're
2: what getting what to a, That's a whole different conversation. No, because it, it, it's it's like a a example, the whole
0: Teddy Roosevelt thing. It was 20 years after he died. So it's somebody else's, my point is, many of these monuments were put up in the South specifically in order to re- to, to reimagine a history that people wanted to venerate. So okay. You, before okay. you talk about leaving monuments up, let's ask a different question. Who put it there, and why did they put okay. it there?
2: Okay, that's a very interesting and important question. And by the way, we could have a whole conversation about the South, and it shocks me how little people understand of what... the the culture of the South is, right? And and I said this in a Facebook comment to somebody. The South has its own culture. There's a reason they wanted to secede. They had their own culture that had a lot of other values besides just slavery, right? There's an entire, there's such a rich, and again, it's not like, let me say the last thing before, again, people call me... Yeah, be
0: careful. Be careful.
2: It might be that the stain of slavery is so horrific, right? It's just such a horrible desecration of everything because it's such a moral outrage that, you know, you ha- it doesn't matter what the, the, the culture is. You still have to take down the statue, right? Or you still have to, like, um, make it very clear that you're, you're opposing it. But to pretend like there isn't, a- it's not more complex than that is not fair, And it's the same you tell me oh it's the same thing in 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 germany you know what it probably is right it's probably true that alongside of nazism and anti-semitism your average german had a much more complex relationship with um what was going on in germany than just you know yeah i hate jews and that's why i'm pro hitler it was much more complicated than that again anti-semitism genocide, genocide not just of Jews, right, Hitler didn't just kill Jews, he killed a lot of people that he didn't consider Aryan and pure, is a, such a stain that that therefore, it, it, and we rightly say, that's a red line for us. But I, I would still say, but like... I, Please don't, therefore, not listen to Germans who want to explain to you what it was like to live in Germany, let's say between World War I and World War II, and, and what the causes were that led to Hitler's rise to power. All of it, the good, the, not, I don't think there's anything good there, but the complexity, what's really going on, right? And like, yes, that's what I believe. I, I don't think that that, I think that that's actually a much more healthy perspective and and realistic, and you'll know much more. You'll understand how things happen. You'll understand how...
0: I, I things take no. hold
2: if you understand really what happens, and you don't just say there are good guys and there are bad guys, and the bad guys are bad, and the good guys are pure. And you know what? All human beings have a good side and a bad side. And if you don't realize that, then you're not really understanding. And people can do terrible things thinking that they're doing wonderful things. And if you don't understand that, then you're also in a dangerous place. So, like, let's really understand history. Let's not.
0: Uh, a- I agree with you, but history. History, of course, is an ongoing study, yeah. and it's studied not, it's, it's never about the facts. It's always about which facts we want to right. focus on, Correct. because we, we, we mold history right. in our eyes. We mold. So that, we choose, right, but that's
2: even more so, sorry to interrupt.
0: No, my, my point Go therefore ahead. is, history is not a study of the past. The study of history is the study of the present. I just like the It's I, as many of you know, I've been studying for I'm studying in the Talmud department in, in uh, Barry Line University. It's, it's basically a study of the history of the development of halakha. And the more I study about the history of the development of halakha, the more I understand what happens in halakha today, meaning what, what does happen and what doesn't happen. My point, therefore, is the monuments that are put up either they were put up then, I, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about historical artifacts, per se. And that's why the Charles Bridge is tricky, because it is an artifact. It's, a, it's something that really happened. It's not something that, that, mm-hmm. that uh, somebody put up a monument to something. But all the statues that we put up, all the monuments that we put up, they, are, they're not about, they're not, they're, they don't tell us about what actually happened. They tell us about how people at that time reacted to what happened. Mm-hmm. So if you want to study history, don't look at the monuments or the statues they put up. Go read a book. Because you want anyone to know what's really happened. And the fact that somebody put up a monument here today, I put up a monument there tomorrow about some other thing that's more important to me. Meaning the monuments are about what's important at that time and what's important to me today, who I put up a monument to. And that's why it was important, for example, Washington put up something for Martin Luther King. And that's why the Holocaust Museum is so important to us. It's not, you know what I'm saying? And that's why they drag people to the Holocaust Museum. The first thing they do when you come, oh, look at the Holocaust Museum. Because that's what it says about us today as opposed to what what it says about what happened in the Holocaust. That's why you have a Holocaust Museum in every, I don't know, in every city in America, in every city around the world, there's a Holocaust Museum. Do you really need that? Is that really important? Is that the definition of Jews? So the answer is that those Holocaust Museums say more about the Jews of the 20th century in America than they say anything about, about, I don't know, the Holocaust. They don't say anything about the Holocaust per se. So therefore, that's why I think if society changes and our relationship toward history changes, Fine, take down the monument, because it, it speaks all, only about us and nothing
1: about history. Johnny. Two quick things. Number one, when we were growing up in our teens at different stages, you know, we all saw on the TV how the statue of Lenin was pulled down in the SSR, right? Now, I was a mid-teenager, and truth be told, I certainly didn't really appreciate the implications and significance of that act. But you know, would we say to those who are involved in the dismantling of the of the big statue of Lenin, you are wrong? Or you know, should we have said you should have just kept it there uh, and and let it remind you of of basically the massacres and and, and the abuses of power? Now I, again, I it's I have I'm, I'm not qualified enough to contribute my thoughts to how people think either now and certainly not then. Nevertheless, there can be. Images of people that at a a particular time and even after that particular time can be so uh, upsetting, so attacking, so um, agitating that for that to still be in your landscape makes you feel not just small but crushed each time you see it. And I think it's reasonable and valid once a a meaningful conversation has taken place, or even if it's not a formal conversation, but understood conversation has taken place. My understanding is, I don't think they all sat in a hall and said, hey, let's pull this down. But it was understandable at the time why that was happening. As I said, you can have monuments that... There are petitions and and decisions are taken to remove them or cover them or put them elsewhere. And that's obviously a a question for every particular government. I'll give you a second thing, which is slightly different, which is, you know, in England, we have this Madame Tussauds, you know, Mm -hmm. this waxworks museum. But the fact is, every six months, they change what's there because uh, though it captures the present, it also captures the past. But how we relate to the past changes based on our understanding of the past. Let's be clear, when each of us grew up, I'd say Bill Cosby, would bring a smile on your face because that was Bill Cosby. That's what we thought we knew. We know things very, very different now. And uh, that show won't you know, easily be found. Um, and we could debate that, of course, but I think we all understand why that's the case. So the question isn't necessarily uh, so binary as, should we or shouldn't we? Uh, Ruby's right, I think there are gradations uh, and once we understand that there are personalities who represent policies and have taken actions that have done real harm, there is sympathy, real sympathy to those who feel that can't be uh, in our midst. However, there are still ideally processes to be taken. Um, and as, I'm, as mentioned, if petitions have been made and, and then opportunity came around, that I think is, wouldn't necessarily say justified, but it's understandable. What we've seen though is considerable blurring of lines, where certain banners have been used, but other actions have been taken which it's not quite clear how they correlate. And I think that's why I think Mali's uh, being quite vocal on this question, which is it they're, they're, it's not quite linear wha- how certain protests led to certain actions, and the breadth of those actions seem to be suggesting of an attack not on uh, people whose memories do a disservice and do harm to the population, but a, a choosing a whitewashing of whitewashing of a collective history, which, which in fact is offensive to some of those people who did much more good than bad, uh, from my understanding. And again, I'm not talking about particular individuals. Uh, and it, it, it makes a country weaker uh, and poorer when it doesn't know what were the stepping stones to where it's got to now. I think, yeah. Molly, part of your reaction, your visceral reaction, is because you have, it is difficult
0: to disassociate this discussion from the broader mob mentality of taking down statues. I think that's where, the meaning when you, when you, when you remove it and you say, oh, well, let's look at it objectively. If we had had this discussion independently, you know, look at the Teddy Roosevelt thing, and, and apparently we're having that discussion. Or, you know, they had discussions at Penn University about whether to rename the Woodrow Wilson uh, mm-hmm. School of whatever. International affairs. Who happened to have been a president of the United States? But they had the discussion and decided not to change it. Now they decided to change it. Whatever, you know what I'm saying? If you remove right. it, if this is an ongoing discussion. If you remove it from the mob mentality of just people like pulling down things because they don't like that statue or they just want to mm-hmm. label any any statue as a racist, then then, you, then there are like in every discussion there are gradations, and I, I happen to think that this objective worshiping of history is also not such a good idea because history is, like all social sciences, and especially the liberals, extremely fungible and can be used to be interpreted any way that you want to. Molly, all right. I'll give uh, you the last word. I'll
2: give you the last word. I'll try to make it short. <laughs> you guys said so many <laughs> um, So first of all, I agree with, I, I like how you said that, Ruby. That, <laughs> I'm so excited that I'm agreeing with it. I like how you said that about, you know, sometimes looking at things they're a snapshot of a moment in time, right? They're, they're not necessarily... They're, they're a snapshot of our experience of history at a moment in time. They're not necessarily... right. That's what you're saying. Like if, if Teddy Roosevelt was put up 40 years ago or whatever. And that's very true. And therefore, looking at what that moment in time was is really important. And I'll even agree with you, right, that you might say that moment in time, what people felt was actually so offensive and we've changed so much that that thing should come down out of the public sphere. For example, Nikki Haley took the Confederate flag off of, I think it was the State House in South Carolina, right? And that, I think, what, that's kind of what Johnny's talking about, and I think that was very broad, a very broad consensus of what you're talking about, where it was very clear why she was doing it, what, what, what kind of wounds she was trying to heal, or, or, or South Carolina was trying to heal, and I think there was really broad consensus that that was the right thing to do, and I would agree. Right. That there are times and places where things should and ought to come down. But at the same time, I still think that what you you know, you're arguing, it's just it's just a snapshot in history. So, like, if if we feel differently at this historical moment, then we should we should remove that old snapshot. And I'm saying, no, the snapshot understanding, that's also history that people felt a certain way at a certain point, that's also important history to know and should not be forgotten. And that's thats why I believe in preserving it all.
0: Uh, so that's why you have museums, not public spheres. I understand. Sphere, the statue, the monument in the public sphere has one role. Okay. A museum has another role. I
2: understand, role. but I still, okay. And, and so it could be that you're right, right? And that, and that, there, that one of the reasons that I have such a visceral reaction is because I am afraid of the slippery slope and that I do see a larger trend that I am concerned about. Again, I would I, I would like to believe that I would still argue for. You really
0: think that they're going to take down the Washington Monument or Listen, mind again,
2: I don't know, but this is but what I'll tell at, you. you know,
0: I, I don't know. Because some because crazy woman says on CNN, that's right. not mine. We all saw I that. I
2: understand that. that. She's but, like but, okay, who's your for five one second one second. One, one, second, one second, one second. Let me calm down. One second, one second, one second. Again, I, I am more conservative, small c, in the sense that I, I would like to leave statues where they are. I don't care that. You know, again, I don't care that it defends me. Um, I, I I think it belongs there because they, they put it there then, and that's how they felt then. And and it, and again, a plaque explaining, but I'd like it to be there. I, I could maybe you could convince me, right? Uh, uh, you really might. You could have a really good shot of convincing me about certain things, right? Again, Confederate generals, even though, again, I think we could have a really long conversation about what, how General, let's say Lee was was conceived of in the South. And, again, I might be convinced. You might say to me, it doesn't matter. He was, you know, he led the South, and the South was a slave-owning group, and therefore he has to go. And Johnny's argument that it's just, again, it's so hurtful to people that it has to go, very much resonates with me, and you could probably convince me. But at the same time, what you're saying is kind of like a weakness. Oh, Molly, you're just so worried about the slippery slope. That's because you're, like, obsessed with this mob thing. What I'm saying to you is I think that we can't be naive. About, you know, you're like, oh, some crazy lady who, you know, who um, um, Fox News puts on because it serves their interest because everybody sees she's crazy and it makes the left look insane. And what I'm saying to you is, you know, two years ago's crazy lady is tomorrow's everybody believes that, right? And again, there are certain movements, if you want me to name them, I will or I won't, but let's not for now, who two years ago were seen as radical movements that stood for things like um, the destruction of the family, socialism, and defunding the police, and they were not considered mainstream, and it was very clear that they, that, that, if, that supporting them meant you were supporting a radical organization. And today we're in a place that if you won't say that you support them, you're a racist. How did we get from there to here? Yeah,
0: I this is not our topic, but you could argue the other way and say two years ago when a, when a policeman shot a young black man in the back, Nobody batted an eyelash, even though it was on, 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 on international okay. television.
2: I, today, I don't agree with that. And today, I don't think that that's true. I don't we, think that that's we true. We that's a much larger. About it. I'm very something I'm very glad that we are fighting racism, um, and I'm very glad that it's come to the national consciousness, and I, I very much hope that we um, reform policies and police departments that need to be reformed, but I'm not convinced that what you're saying is correct. Um, that nobody was aware of it two years ago, and the, it, I
0: didn't say nobody was aware. We obviously weren't moved enough to make it, to make change.
2: Anyway, okay, it's a different okay, discussion. Maybe, maybe, you know maybe, or maybe not. I'm just and, saying. And just like we talked about really really it
0: quickly, just like we talked at the beginning about be annexation. just like we talked about those <laughs> <windows> change, discussions <laughs> change. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it goes. Bo- but my point is, it goes both ways. Okay
2: and, okay, and that's fair. But my point is, if we lose an ability to understand history and to understand the nuances of history, we're all going to be poorer and more ignorant, and it's going to be a lot more dangerous for all of us.
0: Okay, Johnny, we'd like to add something. You always have uh, where's the wisdom to wrap or You have that look on your face. <laughs> like we always throw it to Johnny I, to like I, I don't know if I have. Wrap up Jewish I, history I, I, for us I, in thirty seconds. I, hey, and what, I, I want to ask my, you one question, think,
2: Ruby. Um, so yeah. Bach and Cosby. Do we not watch the Cosby Show anymore? and Do we not sing Bach tunes? Which is a whole different conversation, right? But it's I, I'm I, here. I might, I might be harsher than you, but like, what do we do with them? Well,
0: those are not monuments to history. An entirely an entirely. I'm just entirely saying, saying they're discussion. offensive
2: people who have done horrible things.
0: Um we'll leave that
2: for another yeah. week. Just um, showing you that okay. It's a
0: good No, I don't actually just don't I want to end the podcast. I have my I understand. I, I
2: understand. I I'm just I was just, you know, you you <laughs> point to those people as figures and I'm like those are good figures, and I think it might be that in those figures I I, I would be
0: the most. You know, I don't know. It's just an interesting question. Oh, good day! It's because of Bill Cosby. I I always enjoy Parsha Noah. Anyway, uh,
1: Johnny, uh, listen, I I think I go back to what Mari was saying here, and and she's talking about understanding history. I think underpinning everything here is is a limited lack or or a two dimensional or un, under expanded education here most people don't know their history most people don't know enough about these personalities or or why these monuments came to be Um, and I I believe in informed decision in many things so I I, I'm not let's pull everything down uh, nor my absolute that everything stay here but I do believe that serious choices should be made by society by meaningful uh, through meaningful discourse And for meaningful discourse to happen, there needs to be some kind of informed conversation. Um, And what we do need to do is make sure that schools don't whitewash history, uh, because I think part of this is a reaction to the fact that these people, they may well be extolled in schools and universities, but they had a very bad part that we don't talk about. At the same time where people do talk about individuals, they need to be prepared to say, this person, in my eyes, was bad, but I acknowledge that without this person, my life would probably be that much the poorer, uh, in terms of my rights, possibly, or or my presence here in the States or elsewhere, for that matter. Simply put, education is central to this entire conversation, uh, and it's something that deserves a lot more investment than it gets until me.
0: I totally agree. I actually, what's interesting, I thought we—I didn't know if we were going to get to this. But we could talk about it another week. I was—we uh, we didn't get into the whole Jacob Katz zachor discussion of the the relevance or the value of history in general, and to what degree it plays. It really does play a role or doesn't play a role. I saw Jeffrey uh, Professor Wolf showed a very famous cartoon uh, about uh, those who ignore history are bound to repeat it, and those who don't ignore history are bound to watch helplessly as they stand by while other people repeat right. history which is what which i is believe
2: totally that's true. my that's my terrible fear
0: that's your that's your belief and fear that's yeah. like your motto okay yeah. thank you for, I'm, we're going to wrap it up here i want to thank uh molly brofsky and the uh, johnny solomon for this wonderful uh, discussion fascinating interesting uh if you've enjoyed this discussion you're still with us rate us on itunes we've got two ratings actually here's a good rating because that helps us um why not if you're listening this long you probably enjoyed the podcast um, share. Please share. We want to promote it as well. I want to thank my son, Patacius for the intro music and outro music. And have a great week, everybody.